This is Jim Harmer, and you're listening to the Improve Photography Podcast. Support for today's show comes from Squarespace, the company that makes my photography portfolio. With beautiful templates created by world-class designers, your project on Squarespace will look perfect right from the very, very beginning in just a few clicks. Whether you want to create a photography portfolio, a business page, or a blog to share your ideas, Squarespace is a great place to make your passion project a reality. And you have 24-7 customer support behind you if you need any help. Think it, dream it, make it with Squarespace. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use offer code IMPROVE to get 10% off your, per- your first purchase of a website or domain. Today's episode is brought to you by Canon. You may love Canon cameras and have known Canon for that, but also they have some really incredible training available for you. You can join Canon and some of the top portrait photographers in a city near you. Canon Explorers of Light will guide you through the step-by-step process of refining your style, telling a story, and building relationships with and posing your subjects, mastering technical skills, and marketing your talents. Each instructor will demonstrate the gear they love to use and how to get the very best results with your gear, whatever gear you own. They'll also show you little-known tricks that you can use to get the best performance out of your camera, optimizing light, and getting stunning portraits. In addition to a day with, a, with learning from a Canon Explorer of Light, you'll get exclusive discounts on Canon portrait gear, PDF guides and online class discounts, a chance to touch and try the latest Canon cameras, as well as your tech questions answered by an on-site Canon expert. Register now and learn more at canon.us slash learnportraits. That's canon.us slash learnportraits. Welcome back to the Improved Photography Podcast. Today, we have a geeky topic. It may be off-putting for those of you who are not technologically minded, but this is one that you really, every photographer does need to know, because if you haven't been, if you haven't faced this problem, one of your friends is about to face this problem, and you will be their tech support to help them. And so, for all things geeky, you know who we go to. It is the man himself, Jeff Harmon. Hey, Jeff. How hey, are everybody. You? Hey, I'm doing pretty well. Well, Apple announced several months ago that it was going to push the, a new file format for images and videos with iOS 11. And I, I saw this and I thought, okay, that sounds kind of cool. Interesting. And then, uh, what was this? I guess it's been two weeks now. I you know, went out shooting and I was doing my thing with my serious camera and I always take some behind the scenes photos and videos and stuff while I'm out as well with my iPhone. And so I connected my iPhone. I went to Lightroom to click import and it imported about half of the photos. And I thought, what in the world is going on? And I tried everything and it would only import half of my photos. And so a mystery developed. <laughs> I wasn't sure what was going on. Uh, and then it just all of a sudden hit me after just being so frustrated for a couple hours, I realized, oh, that's why. I updated to iOS 11 halfway through the photos that are still on my camera roll, and Lightroom will not import these new photos at all. It's impossible to do it. Um, And that is because 
iOS 11 shoots photos in a format uh, called HEIF or HEIF and videos it's using the HEVC codec um, and so you won't see JPEG anymore it's not shooting JPEG when it takes a picture and so uh, this is a real problem for photographers we're used to seeing you know a raw file format or JPEG I mean that's what we've used for decades now uh, so Jeff what do you make of all this well, so first off, the, maybe let's go over some reasons why they probably why they went to do this. The yeah, well, what is this? Reason, what does this do for us? Yeah, the primary reason is the storage space on phones and tablets is a premium on mm -hmm. Apple devices. You have no way to expand the storage. There are card readers, so you can try to at least attach stuff and move it between like memory cards, uh, move stuff in and out, but you can't expand the internal storage available to you on Apple devices. And because of that and the uh, increased sensor sizes that they've been putting in their phones and tablets lately, the, the, they're just not able to store as many photos and videos as they used to. So they, this, the biggest reason to do this is they now you can get that storage space to work better again. These are much smaller file sizes than you got with JPEG or the previous AVC standard for video that they were using, which is H.264. So they're they're yeah. much smaller, much smaller. In still, fact, half the size. Yep, like half the like size. not almost half the size. Like I mean, it depends on the photo, of course. But yeah, like yeah. it's it's usually like exactly half the size right. of what your image is, and that's a big deal. As it somebody who deal. has twenty three terabytes of photos next to me, <laughs> <laughs> a new format that could cut it in half. Right. This is very very exciting. Um, it is. And photographers should be excited about this because I mean JPEG. It was launched in nineteen ninety two. JPEG yeah. is an old format and we can just do a lot more. And the reason we can do a lot more is because we have better processors now. Uh, it can put more in the code that's, that then is expanded with the processor. It, it can do more compression. It can do a lot more uh, on the device to crush down that file size. <laughs> right, right, um, right. And, but, it and, all, but, yeah. but then it carries with it the challenges of it's a totally new format. And that means that outside of your phone or your tablet, it's going to be tough. It's going to be a bit before you have things that can recognize it like Lightroom, but even like web browsers, they don't have anything in there to read these file formats. It's uh, it's an interesting move here by Apple. It must be a, such a big deal with the storage space that they were willing to get behind these relatively new formats, but even that's kind of interesting. So let, let's go into these formats in a little technical detail here. Yeah. So, so H-E-I-F, HEIF stands for high efficiency image format. It's kind of uh, makes sense as you look at the name, but he, as the acronym looks terrible, <laughs> but um, so that's, that's what it stands for. And then there's HEVC stands for high efficiency video coding, also known as H265 as opposed to H264 that it's kind of replacing or trying to replace or even MPEG-8. So right off the bat, we already have naming problems. Mm -hmm. We can be known by lots of different things. So that's kind of confusing. Uh, neither format was developed by Apple. So that's kind of an interesting thing. I, I, I tried to go look into what's going on. It's developed by something called the Joint Collaborative Team on Video Coding, at least the video codec was. Um, which they call JCTVC for short, and that's not, that's terrible too. Um, it doesn't look to me like Apple has even participated in that group, that collaborative team. Uh, so it's really interesting that they chose these codecs. 
Um, in fact, it looks to me like Microsoft has played a, a really big role in developing these things. Yeah, and that's I'm glad about that. These are far from open standards. We're going to talk right. about that. They're not open. Um, nope. But it's encouraging to me that this is not something that Apple has done that just makes everybody say, oh, crap. Right. <laughs> oh, man. Now we've got to work with Apple's proprietary photos format. It's not yeah. that. Uh, no. Any company could be using this. Right. And it's it's really similar. You know, H.264 became a pretty widely adopted standard. And some of the stuff we're going to talk about has some negatives. That also has negatives. It's not a it's licensed. It's not a, a, an open format either, but it was adopted pretty broadly and did a really good job with things. So you're right. Having it, this be something that wasn't just Apple deciding to do it is a positive. That's a good thing. It means has a chance to be adopted more broadly uh, now that Apple's got behind it in addition to whoever else, like with Microsoft, has already been a part of it. Right. And, and they're big benefits to this. We, we mentioned the small file format. That's not it. Uh, your photos are going to look better with Heath. Yes. Uh, they do 16-bit color. If you've ever had the problem where you photograph, where you take a picture of a sky, it looks fine in Lightroom, and then you export the photo, and it just, you get weird banding in the sky, just like weird transitions right. between color and stuff. That's right. a JPEG problem. Uh GIF even had a worse worse problem with it, yeah, uh, but JPEG right. has never been great at this. Um, it it because it only supports eight bit color. Sixteen uh, bit color is really really nice. It also does things that you may not uh, think of as being important, but are vitally important for the just the format itself, such as the fact that it supports transparency. So if you if you uh, have a logo, uh, let's say you have the McDonald's logo for your photography company. Bad idea, by the way. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I was just trying to think of a logo that has some space behind it, right? So you have this, the golden arches, an M. <laughs> well, you don't want the golden arches on a white background if you're going to put it you know at the top left corner of your website right that's going to look ugly to have this box you just want the gold where the white background is part of the image if the background of right. your page is white that would yeah. be great say but, you have a blue page and you want to put yeah. this on there yeah it's going right. to look terrible um, so you could uh, change the background color to be blue, whatever, try to get a match, but it's just a pain. It's going to be better if you can just have the golden arches and then just transparent anywhere that's not arch. Um, and that's why um, when you're saving out your, your logo to put on your photography website, you're going to want to save it as a ping, a PNG file, because that yep. supports transparency. Or GIF will support transparency, but ping's a little bit better for this. Um, but JPEG has never been able to do transparency. You just can't. Um, and so uh, it's really nice that this format will do transparency for uses like that. Again, not that big, not a big deal for general photos. You wouldn't like right. want to have a weird tr transparent part of your photo, uh, but but it's really nice for other uses. Also, right. you can have multiple shots and store it in one in one file. So imagine you're on your iPhone and you or whatever camera really, and you shoot something in burst mode. Brrr, and now you have like 20 different shots on there that are essentially the same thing. It can store it all in one file, uh, but you still retain all of the individual shots, which is right. really cool. Uh, or it can do this as well for animated GIFs. You know, animated GIFs, which is essentially a whole bunch of in individual files. You know, uh, that you'll see on the web just essentially like a short little video clip you know what an anime animated gif is um anyway it can do an animated gif in this new file uh file format and one last superpower of heath is it it can um, store depth data uh, which is kind of the new thing that a lot of people are pushing 
Um, right. Uh, which is, you know, it, when you take the picture, it's going to store, uh, you know, how far you are from the camera and how far the background is so that uh, computationally we can blur the background after the fact. Uh, or so, do their interesting like portrait lighting effect that, that Apple yes. advertising so much right now. That's That's how they're accomplishing it is this file format supports all that, which is obviously... A requirement Apple had. They they couldn't stay with JPEG because of the features they wanted to have in the latest phones that got released, the iPhone 8 and the iPhone X that is coming. They they wanted to be able to have uh, improve like live photos that has you know a little tiny bit of video before and after of the photos and and uh, they want to add like a uh, the ability to do a a bounce effect or a loop effect so that you could post things they had to have an, a new format and so and i'm sure they they went out and looked at everything that's out there and just decided that this was the best way to go for what they wanted to accomplish with their phones which i'm i'm grateful for because if nobody is pushing the boundary i mean jpeg really is holding photographers back today that's right. like yep. y- we don't recognize it as a problem because it's just how things are uh, but but it really is a problem i mean we can do more with our cameras than what the file format can do for us. So this really is exciting. And one point I want to make before we go further in this discussion, this is not just an Apple thing. A new file format is coming to replace JPEG. Is it going to be this one that Apple's going after or something that Google's going after, like you're going to talk about later, Jeff? Uh, We'll see. But something new is coming and is already here. The iPhone is the number one most popular camera on planet Earth. Uh, yep. There are more Android phones, but remember, they're by a bunch of different manufacturers. So the most popular camera in the world no longer shoots in JPEG. This is big news and photographers need to pay attention. Yeah. And and, and I, I really hope that it works because this is far from the first attempt at trying to replace JPEG. People have been trying for years, various formats. We're going to talk about one from Google um, and it hasn't worked. There just hasn't been enough people, enough companies to get behind it. You, you have this like fractured thing where few companies will back one format, few another, and there's all these competing standards that just never make it anywhere. And, um, and so that, so that's a big challenge and, and still is a challenge this faces, but like you said, with Apple getting behind it and the, the weight, they're an 800 pound gorilla in the industry. Uh, it has a much better chance of actually being successful here. And I'm really interested to see how it goes. Now let's talk about the, the big downside to this format. There is, there is a downside and that's that it is encumbered by patents. It is not a free algorithm to be able to use. So you, in order to use it, you have to pay for it. You have to license it, uh, which op- Apple obviously must have done here. Um, there's lots of ways to do it. There's the people who were part of this JCTVC group will uh, will license it. So whoever's participating in that can do it. Or there's uh, the MPEG LA is, uh, is one of the more prevalent bodies who does handle this kind of codec licensing and, and uh, where you can get that stuff. So that's a challenge to the adoption because it's not free to use. It's not open. You have to license it. And because of that, there's a whole bunch of big tech companies who are behind another competing format they're calling it AV1. They are uh, slated for release by the end of 2017. And it's from a, a group called the Alliance for Open Media. And you have Google and Amazon and a bunch of major tech companies who are in that group. Their objective is now to produce... Now you said open media. Does this mean totally free to use? 
Yes. No royalties. Mm. So that's a challenge and where it's going to go, we will see. It's kind of interesting. Maybe, I don't know if that format, at least on the video side, so that's not, uh, it's not a, a still shot. It's not trying to replace JPEG. It's just trying to do something for video. Um, so it's going to be super interesting to see how what happens. If these guys, if this big Alliance for Open Media group produces something that works and, and has compression levels that, you know, producing similar file sizes as uh, as this new HEVC standard, then boy, I don't know where it's going to go and what's so, going to happen. So that's that's uh, just for video from the Open Media Group. Uh, is there is there anything that's open just for still photos? So there's uh, there is a, another standard, and now Google's taken several shots at this actually over the last ten years. The, JPEG's killing them. <laughs> they they have so many JPEG files that they're storing with their photos product along with all the web pages that they have to search and the image searches that they're doing, the bandwidth that's being taken up by JPEG is killing them. It's killing, it's costing them a lot of money to deal with the bandwidth issues for JPEG. So they, they have been trying all kinds of things from their own JPEG compression formulas to numerous image types. The latest one is something called PIK, P-I-K. And um, their aim was just to, to try to come up with a still format that has higher compression and better image quality, very similar to what the, this Heath standard is, is doing. Um, they don't have anything workable though. There's nothing released. You can't even, like it's all in very much a research phase. They have uh, their, the code for it that they've been working on is out in Git and, and readily available. It's open source like most everything Google does. So um, it's not truly ready to compete, but there's other efforts that are going on Google's not the only one who's trying to, to crack this nut too. So it's going to be super interesting to see where it goes. And it's, it really is surprising to me that Apple backed one or backed these. I, I think they were put in a corner because they needed some of these features they wanted to enable on the phones and JPEG just wasn't going to do it for them. And they, they had to make a choice. Um, so it's going to be super interesting to see where it goes. Yeah, I, I, I really am excited for what this will do for photographers. Um, well, that's 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 kind of the breakdown. This is like our been our study guide on Heath and what uh, you need to know in terms of the technical stuff. In the second half of this podcast, we want to talk about just like what to do with it right now, because a lot of you, in fact, sixty five percent of you who are listening to this show right now, uh, are are on an iPhone, and so if as soon as you update to iOS eleven, you got a problem because Lightroom does not support this. Um, so in the second half, we're going to talk about what to do supporting it and uh, kind of what this means for photographers, uh, even if you aren't on an iPhone, just like uh, how this is going to help you in the future. But before we do that, we want to take a second and thank our sponsors. Support for today's show comes from Casper. Casper is an obsessively engineered mattress at a shockingly fair price. Supportive memory foams create an award-winning sleep surface with just the right amount of sink and bounce to it. Try Casper for 100 nights risk-free in your own home. If you don't love it, they'll pick it up and refund you everything. Casper understands the importance of truly sleeping on a mattress before you commit, especially considering you're going to spend a third of your life on it. I was recommended Casper from my brother-in-law, and it really has been a great mattress since we bought one a couple years ago. 
you get free shipping and returns to the U.S. and Canada. And with over 20,000 reviews and an average of 4.8 stars, it's quickly becoming the internet's favorite mattress. Get $50 toward any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com improve and using offer, offer code improve. Terms and conditions apply. Support for today's show comes from Squarespace. If you're ready to launch a new business, you're ready to take your photography to the next level, you want to create a photography portfolio or sell your work on your website, Squarespace can make your passion project a reality. They have beautiful templates, so you really could just log on there. It's inexpensive to get started. Uh, you can get your own custom domain name. So if you want to be jimharmerphotography.com or whatever you want it to be, uh, you can get your custom domain name so you look professional. And then you just pick a template. You pick whatever template you think is going to work the best for your work. They have some that are specifically work well for photography and showcasing your work. And then it really in just a few clicks, even if you're not uh, very technically minded, you can get your website up. They have analytics so you can see how many people are coming to your website, uh, all kinds of extensions, over 200 of them. Um, and with award-winning 24-7 customer support, you'll never be up a creek and not sure how to get out of it. Make your passion project a reality with Squarespace. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use offer code IMPROVE to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com, offer code IMPROVE. All right, we are now talking about HEAF and uh, what it will actually do for photographers. So as I stated on the en on the intro, uh, rude awakening when I connected my iPhone and I tried to import the photos to Lightroom and you just can't. I did some searching around on the app on the Lightroom forums and stuff, and I found a couple discussions wondering about this, but I have not seen any statement from Adobe saying if they'll be supporting this or not. Um, my thought is they will. Um, because Apple is the biggest camera manufacturer on the planet, I don't see how they could avoid it. I think they yeah. have to. Then again, there have been a lot of things lately with Adobe that I thought, okay, they, they have to fix this <laughs> soon, right? I mean, soon it's going to, and they just haven't. Uh, so we'll see, but I've got to think they have to. It, it could be interesting though in, the, in like the licensing discussion. Um, that's probably the one thing that could prevent Adobe from doing it. And the unfortunately, I can imagine that that the uh, the licensors have a little bit of a, some leverage here now because they know Apple did this. They know that Adobe need, wants to and really needs to support the format. And therefore, they can say, well, you know, we're not going to talk about the deal we made with Apple, but here's the price that we're willing to give you on this licensing. <laughs> and that could be bad. It could be something like, oh, we just can't do that. I, who knows? it will be interesting to see uh, how that goes. But I agree, they really need to have it. Yeah, I, I think they've got to. My suspicion... My suspicion is that Apple did not pay anything to start using Probably, this. Yeah, I, I wouldn't doubt because, it. Yeah. Because hopefully uh, they were smart enough to realize, okay, if Apple supports this, we could be making a right. lot of money well, from and, other companies. And provide that companies. leverage like I talked about. Yeah. Now they know they're going to say, look, Apple's done it, so you guys got to support this. And for now, like if you license it right now, here's the cost. 
And if you wait, this is what's going to be after <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that kind of discussion. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. We'll, we will see what happens uh, there, but I've got to think that app, that Adobe is working on this. But then again, uh, what also makes me kind of wonder here is it's not like brand new that we no. find out that Apple is doing this. I mean, they announced this, what, six months ago? And so yeah, and, there has been the formats, time to fix this before it happened. And the formats have been around since 2013. So th- this isn't, it's interesting Apple decided on these formats um, and, and nobody could have predicted that exactly, um, but they did announce it a while ago. And uh, sure, Adobe's had all this time, maybe with Adobe Max coming up soon, that's what they're waiting for is to have that conference and and release it then. But yeah, they've had time to deal with it. So what do we do now at this point? I, <laughs> I uh, have always advocated and have always lived by having all of my photos in one single Lightroom catalog in one drive. Well, not on one drive. Well, sort of on one drive. One drive that appears on the computer, but they're on the Drobo anyway. Uh, but not just, one drive, the Microsoft product. Yeah, uh, not that <laughs> one either. Uh, you know, so you don't lose photos. You don't want them in different places. That's the benefit yeah. of Lightroom. And so, ah, I really don't like this right now because you can't do both. And so for me, what I've done right now is you can go in on your iPhone, go to settings, camera, format, most compatible. And that'll change everything back to JPEG, back to normal. You won't, you won't get the new fancy features, uh, but you can shoot JPEG. And that's what I'm going to do until we see uh, Adobe supporting this. Uh, and then I'll be fine. I'll be anxious to go to Heath. Uh, but, but for now, I just want everything compatible. Uh, otherwise, uh, and you just won't be able to import these in Lightroom. And Lightroom won't even warn you, by the way, we didn't import this. It just, you, that photo just won't come in. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, that's, that's what I'm going to do for now. But the bigger question is, are we even going to want to have files in Heath? Because I'm always thinking, you know, what about 15, 20 years from now? I want to make sure I can open this. And it's not like some random file format that people used for a few years, uh, 10 years ago. So, right. so do you think this is going to be something we're going to see, um, other programs support and what programs need to support this for it to catch on? So uh, I I think it's highly likely that Microsoft will support it and Windows will since they've been involved, at least on the HEVC. I didn't go look on the, on the Heath format to see if they're similarly, but since both groups were, are involved, I'm pretty sure Microsoft's there. So I'd be shocked if Windows didn't natively support the format soon which would be good in file explorer. You could be able to see it and see the thumbnails and, and all of that. Um, Mac OS 10, uh, high Sierra already supports it. So yeah. And I'm just going to add a somewhat to that. Um, (laughs) it does support it. You know, you can open the files and most people won't even be able to tell, Oh, this is the new file format. Um, but some things just don't work with it yet. For example, if you're airdropping a video from your phone over to the computer, which is something that I do very frequently, uh, it won't, when you click to airdrop it, it'll say converting and it'll take like literally two hours. I left my phone turned on uh, one night and then I went and watched a movie, came back and it was still working on transferring that video. <laughs> okay. So that's not working as well as they intended. Obviously there's a, there's a problem there. Hopefully it's something you can fix. And, and there's just a technical challenge that they're facing there. That was going to be kind of my suggestion was instead of 
changing the format so that you don't use the new ones. There's also a way to make it so that if, if you do settings and then you tap on photos, not camera, go to photos, then there's a transfer mode that is right now, I think it's set by default to automatic. Um, and that's what's trying to, to change it when you transfer it. So um, the idea is supposed to be that when you are sending the photos or videos out of your phone, it's going to know that right now that's kind of a hostile environment <laughs> that you're headed to. And it's not going to know what to do with these formats and it's going to need to convert them to the older formats so that they're, more, they're better supported. And you can go and change it between on that transfer mode in settings photos between automatic or keep original, which will determine whether or not it stays in the new format or, or not, which would be keep original. Um, the other part though would be a browser. That would be the that's other huge. important, important part. And boy, that's even less uh, clear to me about where they're going to go. Cause you, today you have the most prevalent browser is Google's Chrome and they're highly incented to not support these formats. <laughs> they're, they're very much competing with Apple with the Android product. And it, there's a way for them to say, yep, we're going to, we want our own format that we want this pick format and we want this AV one format from the Alliance of, for open media for video. So there's like this pending battle I'm envisioning between Google and Apple on this. And I don't know which way it's going to go. I, we need one. We need one to win. This having two different formats, that's just not going to work. So that's going to be a problem. So if I'm an app developer and somebody has a new uh, photo on their, uh, <laughs> I mean, just, just theoretically here, if somebody had an app where you could share a photo, like, for example, of a photo location, um, and somebody <laughs> wanted to upload a file in the HEAF format, uh, as a location, what would happen? I just, yeah, that so, just barely hit me. Is that okay? Right. Is, is the so, iPhone going to convert this or not? Yeah. The answer today is Apple has provided in the tools for iOS. Developers can have access to either format by means of conversion or native. So they can just, the developer can make the choice of, I want to bring in the Heath format. And then I think at that point, they're going to have to license the Heath technology to put the libraries in there for the work. I, I don't know. I'd have to go research exactly how that's going to work about the licensing. If Apple's already got you covered or not, huh, but I'm going to have to check. I, 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 have, have, I haven't, I haven't thought to check that actually until I, now. I have read that Apple is for sure providing internally in iOS, the ability to have iOS convert it for you so that the developer is given like the JPEG version um, rather than the, the Heath version. So okay. th and that way you don't have to worry about it because you're going to get from the phone, you're going to get the JPEG version and do with it whatever you were before. Hmm. But it does mean conversion, right? It's going to, that's going to slow it down. So when you, when your app is going to pull up the photos and you, you'll probably get, be able to use the previews will come from the Heath and, and they'll select the one. And when they select it, then the phone's going to have to convert the photo right there in real time and hand it to the app. So it's going to be slower. I wonder why Apple didn't just purchase this group that owns the patent to it and open source it. <laughs> well, it may not be for sale. Wouldn't that be nice? Huh. Well, yeah, I, anything's for sale when you're Apple, though, Jeff. That's true. <laughs> when you're and, Apple, you can purchase just, souls. Not a problem. Right. right. <laughs> that, okay, that's fair. That's fair. Everyone's got a price. <laughs> 
but but the potential for the web is just absolutely incredible uh, with this. I mean, we we talk about it just from the photos, but what about the photo sharing? Like how our photos actually oh, get yeah. out there? I mean, it's incredible. When you go to improvephotography.com, you type it in. You know, there's going to be a delay. Uh, it's we're down to 1.4 seconds on average for improved photography. By the way, I worked nice. on that last week. Uh, we're getting pretty quick, um, but. Uh, half, more than half, about 60% of the time that you're sitting there waiting is waiting for a photo to download. That about 60% of your web browsing time. And so what if we could take that 60% and cut it in half? That is a big deal. That's a really well, big and, deal to be able to do that. And that's right. what Heath is promising. Or even thinking about like, I've, I'm constantly uploading images to my Zenfolio site to deliver them to customers. And they need them in JPEG format. It's the only format they can deal with. So I'm, I'm uh, when that we're doing the proofing process, and I want them to pick the photos that they want me to to edit. Um, I have to scale them down to like a thousand twenty four on the longest edge because I'm mm-hmm. going to upload a couple, several hundred at the least, and up to a couple thousand photos depending on the event. And even at that, it's like two gig worth of stuff yeah. that I have to upload. It takes a long time and I worry about bandwidth restrictions. I don't currently have a problem with it, but boy, it could come and it would be a really serious problem. And then f- delivering final images, I want to deliver them at full resolution so it gets even bigger. And being able to have something that was a much smaller file size would be so helpful for that. Oh yeah, It'd just be absolutely huge. I, I mean, when you go to improvephotography.com, you know that big photo of the waterfall in Iceland uh, yes. and, uh, right there? You know how it's just not that great looking? It just <laughs> looks kind of sharp. I promise. It's not the photographer's fault. It's just, or, that's as that's as big as I could possibly allow that picture to be um, and still look halfway decent on the... Or, on the, or imagine on the, this. Yeah. Uh, imagine Facebook adopting this oh, so that yeah. they didn't have to kill your photos anymore and resample them all when you upload them. Cause it, I've done testing on it. It doesn't matter what you do to your photos. They're resampling it period. It's just, it's always going to go through their algorithm. So if they could, if they took a look at this and like, Oh, that's actually small enough. That's fine. We can just take those. Wow. Would that make your images on Facebook look so much better? It would be such a beautiful thing if that would happen. Uh, yeah. This is an, awesome thing for photographers if we can get away from jpeg format it every app where you put your photos would look better every website where you've put your photos would look better transferring photos to clients is easier and faster uh like this is the biggest upgrade in image quality that could happen much better than a new camera that can do so has some fancy new feature because already our our cameras can capture way more detail than anybody is ever going to practically see um, because they're using it on a, on usually viewing the photo on the web. So it's sized down and it's the resolution is brought down, uh, you know, smaller file, smaller uh, pixel size and smaller uh, quality of the photo. Uh, so it, it's really a big deal. You know, another area, eventually if, if a standard wins, Another area where it could really be good would be uh, it could impact the size of your RAW files in your camera because they're putting JPEG previews inside those RAW files today. And if those JPEG file sizes could change to be half the size, you're going to get some savings. It wouldn't be dramatic. You're not going to shrink your RAW file in half or anything, but it adds up. 
as you tab more and more raw files and you have your 23 terabytes of data right now that you're storing, Jim, yep. if you could have all those photos even cut off, you know, 500K of every single one of them, it really adds up. It could be a big deal. Well, and not only that, but this, uh, the Heath format, I don't have this data right in front of me. I didn't make a note of it, but my, my memory, it was, as I researched it, that it has a 1024, um, a preview in it, which is substantially larger than what we get from most, uh, uh, from a JPEG, uh, which is only 340. Um, so it's a much larger image preview. So as you're just flipping through photos in Lightroom, not only is each file a tiny bit tiny, smaller if raw, f- raw photos were to support this, but it could also be, you know, uh, it could alternatively be, I guess, a much higher quality. Yeah. You, you can imagine too, how the, the culling process, you know, photo mechanic, I'm, I'm sure they're pulling the JPEG previews out and using them. And if you could have, so not really just the file size factor here, which, but that would be part of it. Now it's, it could be that much faster because it's smaller to pull the the image out of that, the raw file, but it's a better looking preview mm-hmm. as well. So the image quality is going up and you'll be able to do an even better job of getting a really good idea about what your, your image is looking like as you're calling. There's so many benefits to having a, a format replaced JPEG. Um, I just, I hope we're headed towards that happening, whatever format it is. I hope someone wins and then we replace JPEG. Yeah. Now the the next question that I wondered as I looked at this is, what is? I mean, Heath can do all this advanced stuff. Um, when is it going to be that our raw file uh, could just be the finished format? Uh, you know, when the when the file format is just good enough that all the camera information could just be stored in the file as well, and uh, and we didn't have to convert from you know CR two to JPEG or whatever uh, we're shooting DNG to JPEG. If if our f- one file format were good enough and it could have that background information as well. Well, uh, man, how nice would it be to not export and convert every single time you uh, you publish a photo? That's true. I don't see it happening with Heath. It's still a loss, lossy compression format. You're throwing out some data. And so, and, and that's why raw is so valuable to us. We have all the data. So if we decide in post-processing that we need to do something a little bit more extreme with the photo than we planned, we have room to do that because all the data is there. When it's a lossy compression format like this, you're still losing data. You're still, you don't, you just won't have as much room to play with it in post as you would a raw format. Yeah, I agree. It's definitely not there now, but uh, how cool would that be in the future yeah, as our file cool. formats improve uh, to Which just have exact, one format? But that's exactly what Adobe's DNG is trying to do. It's just it never fully caught. Yeah, it, it never caught on with other companies. Uh, well, it's caught on with some, some of the camera yeah, manufacturers, cameras, but not a ton. Right. Um, but the real problem is it hasn't caught on with Adobe yet. Uh, when you convert your files no. to to DNG, you're going to have all kinds of problems in Lightroom. No, yeah, it's they, the craziest they, thing, but you will. They recommend TIFF. That's the format they recommend for, for keeping your, uh, at least for Photoshop. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, Adobe. Oh, Adobe. <laughs> Um, well, Adobe Max is coming up. Uh, as I can't remember if you mentioned while we were uh, while we were on on the call here, um, but I I am anxious to see what Adobe has has queued up for us. Uh, there hopefully there have been lots of rumors about what we're going to get, but hopefully we get uh, get something good. 
Well, uh, we have some doodads for you, the doodads of the week. Um, For mine, I'm just going to recommend some simple Bluetooth headphones. I know it's obviously not directly photography related, uh, but I love listening to stuff like podcasts uh, and also audiobooks. I listen to tons of audiobooks as I'm traveling around and shooting. And if you do, if you are traveling, especially for photography, uh, I I like the in ear earbuds. If you're driving or or on an airplane, it's just noisy. You get that road noise or the airplane noise, and it, it really can wear you out. I I often uh, or I used to get more just kind of tired when I was in airports and stuff going to photo locations, and then I got some uh, good noise canceling headphones. And I, I didn't feel as fatigued when I got to the location. I, th- I think it's just that constant noise can kind of wear you out. Uh, so I, I really like having them for that room, uh, that reason. So the ones that I got are from Tautronics. Uh, they're cheap. They're 25 bucks on Amazon, the Amazon bestseller. Uh, they last a really, really long time and uh, or on, on a battery charge. And they have decent, decent quality. Not great, but decent. I like Bluetooth headphones too. I love it. Not, uh, not having to worry about hitting the wire. Like I'm going out and doing yard work and I'm always like hit, running up against that wire and pulling them out of my ears. So mm-hmm. I really like Bluetooth. All right. So mine, and I kind of hesitate just a tiny bit because <laughs> I had a, a suggestion on this, a similar products that I was using with my MacBook pro that turned out to not last at all. Um, so, but <laughs> Here, the, the problem I have is my MacBook Pro has a very small internal drive. And I wanted to be able to do, uh, to put my photos and a Lightroom catalog on something that's kind of temporary, uh, a USB device. I didn't want to have a USB external hard drive, though, that I had to, to carry around with it. And I thought the ideal solution was one of these little tiny, itty bitty nub USB devices that you can put in there. And I recommended it as a doodad in the past. But they're perhaps too little because it failed within like eight months. I got re- and and I lost photos. It was not cool. So in what I've opted to do now is uh, I have a SanDisk Extreme Pro USB 3.0, 128 gig um, USB, and this is I'll call it a stick. It's a lot bigger, which is why I'm trusting it and, and hope it will last a lot longer. Um, and, and it has some really good transfer rates. It's, it's really fast. And since this is the same size as my internal SSD on my MacBook pro. So I, I doubled my disc storage by adding this little device and, uh, and I really like it. So that's going to be my doodad. I'll see. I reserve the right to, <laughs> to say that this thing is no good too, if it fails as quickly as the last one did, but so far. I liked it. <laughs> so technical question for you. I noticed on the on that one that you recommended, it said there was a newer version available that's USB 3.1. What okay. is that? So 3.1 is, um, it, it, in, it doubles the bandwidth speed of how fast you can, it'll work. So 3.1 has 10 gigabits instead of five, I think it was, with USB 3.0. Um, doesn't quite get to Thunderbolt speeds, but it's faster than... 3.0 by double. It doubles the speed. Oh, handy. So, 
All right. Well, uh, thank you all for uh, bearing with us on this very technical episode of the podcast. (laughs) I wanted to announce something that I uh, have been kind of thinking through. I've been talking with my wife a little bit about about some of the things we want to do on the website. And one of the things we want to do is to highlight some of the listeners of the Improved Photography podcast uh, who are more advanced, kind of doing interesting things in photography. And so I'm going to start a new series on the Improved Photography podcast, uh, not every week, but we'll kind of intersperse them, uh, where I'm going to interview eight listeners of the Improved Photography podcast. Uh, So if you have interesting things to say in photography, uh, if you are a photographer and also a copyright attorney, if you are a photographer who went full-time this year and have an interesting story there. Uh, If you're a photographer and you've been selling prints at art fairs, uh, if you are a landscape photographer who went on a a trip to you know, Papua New Guinea or to Antarctica or to somewhere exotic, somebody who has something interesting to say uh, about photography and you feel like you have something to share, please send me an email at podcast at improvephotography.com. That's podcast at improvephotography.com. And just give me a few paragraphs. Just tell me about you and uh, and what you're doing in photography and send me a link to some photos. And I'm going to, I wish I could get everybody, uh, but I'm going to choose eight people um, to kind of be in this new series of about the listeners of the Improved Photography Podcast, because I've just constantly amazed at some really incredible people we have in the community. And I want to highlight that. So send me an email, podcast at improvephotography.com. Uh, Jeff, thank you for helping break down this very complicated topic. I hope it wasn't too off-putting to other to uh, all of our listeners to go through a more technical topic, but it's just something that we all need to know about as photographers because it's already impacting you if you have an updated phone, uh, an updated iPhone, and I'm sure on Android it won't be too long. <laughs> right. Well, thanks for being on the show, and we'll talk to you in another seven days. <laughs>